Good morning, everyone. Dallas, thank you so much. And uh, Pastor Ridge and Joel, thank you all so much for the, for the opportunity to, uh, for us to be here again. Hang on a minute. You know, I, I can't do two things at the same time. So, you know, I, I got I to gotta try to get all my stuff situated up here and, and try to say something that makes sense. So, um, hmm. I wonder why that's not working. So, I, yeah... It's not working. So anyway, I have a new telephone, and I was hoping to set a timer, um, but it's not working, so there we go. Um, we'll do the best we can and, and uh, uh, keep pace. So it's a privilege to be here with all of you again this morning. Yes, um, I, I'm Greg. My wife, Jean, is here, and uh, we're, we are here from Honduras. We say we're from Honduras, but um, we're not from Honduras, but yes, um, that's where we've been living for almost nine years and serving uh, since 2009. It's always a, always a pleasure for us to, to um, yeah, for us to be here with all of you again. And um, yeah, the missionaries are here, but we're not going to talk about Honduras this morning. As, uh, as Joel mentioned, we're going to talk about Honduras Wednesday night. So uh, we invite you all to come back Wednesday night and uh, hear the you know, great things about the great things that God's been doing um, in Honduras, um, uh, things that uh, uh, the support of Memorial Baptist has, has allowed us and our ministry to accomplish, and lots of other good stuff. We'll have pictures and videos, and, and uh, we think it'll be a really good time. So we invite you all to come back. I don't know what time we're supposed to start. Did, did you? Six o'clock? Okay, six o'clock here Wednesday night, and we'll talk about Honduras. Um, this morning, we're going uh, to be looking at the Word of God, and, um, you know, I, I don't know about uh, you, my, my heart is kind of uh, burdened and heavy um, with uh, the situations and things going on around the world. I feel like, I feel like there's a, a, a storm coming, not the storm that's here that, that brought the, the cold air that I really enjoy, but I, I feel like there's a storm coming in my spirit. I feel like God is moving um, things um, more quickly from a human perspective. Of course, they're moving exactly on his timetable the way he wants. Um, but from a human perspective, it feels like the pace has picked up a little bit in the last few weeks. So um, I, I, my, my heart's kind of heavy with that. I feel an urgency, um, uh, a deeper urgency than perhaps um, I've sensed before. Um, so I think this message might um, may, may, may be along those lines. So... Uh, with that, um, we're going to jump in. So last year when Gene and I were here, I preached a message that was simply titled, Follow Me. Don't worry, I don't expect you to remember it. There won't be a quiz this morning. Um, the message was about following Jesus wherever he leads. And the two main takeaways from that uh, message were that God is looking for people who are willing and available. People are on the move and active. As I was working on this year's message, um, uh, working on this year's message, what to call it, um, started out not really as a serious idea, but um, after a little while, uh, the idea kind of stuck. So here's the title of this morning's message. Are you ready for it? Somebody want to shout out a guess of what the title might be? Anybody? Part two. <laughs> Follow me, part two, is the title of the message this morning. Um, so with that out of the way, I came across a quote recently. It's probably not hard to imagine that it's not my quote based on the creative sermon title that I've shared with all of you this morning. Um, so I don't know who it's attributed to, um, but here it is. I think we're going to put it up on the slide. Oh, and thank you to whoever fixed that slide because that looks a lot better than the one I did. Um, so that's awesome. 
Um, so let's read it. God is in control, but he doesn't expect you to lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. I'm going to read that again. God is in control, but he doesn't expect you to lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. So do you need a hole? You got a shovel? Start digging. Um, yes, we should pray. We should always pray. But follow up your prayer with some action. I mean, the angel unlocked the jail cell for Peter, but Peter had to get up, he had to put his clothes on, and he had to walk out of the jail cell if he wanted to leave. When God calls, it will require action on your part. So do you think God might be calling you to serve him? Now that you're wondering about it, I'll, say, I'll tell you the answer. Yes, he is. Um, there's some, really no question, no doubt about that. God is calling you to serve him. So are you listening for his voice? Henry Blackaby wrote, look around and see where God is at work and join him. Are you looking for the ways that God is at work around you? Are you willing to answer his call? Will you follow him? If you claim the name of Jesus, then you are called to follow him in action, not just with your words. And if you are a true believer, you will follow Jesus. You will follow him in action, not just with words. We humans tend to complicate things, but it really is that simple, right? So, I don't know, I guess we're done. I mean, the shortest history and the uh, short, shortest sermon in the history of Memorial Baptist Church. Um, let, let's go beat the lunch crowd. Um, so, no, we're not done. Uh, just kidding. But, um, but it really is that simple. If you claim the name of Jesus, follow him. Okay. Um, John 14, 15 is, is one of the first verses that we'll look at. Um, and Jesus said to the disciples in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So do you say that you love Jesus? Great. Lots of people do. Are you keeping his commandments? That is what matters. That is the proof of your love for Jesus. He commanded each of us, for example, to go make disciples of all the nations. Are you doing your part to keep that commandment? Keeping is an action. It implies obedience. Your obedience to Jesus is the measure of your love for him. Don't get mad at me. I'm just repeating what Jesus said. So we need to examine ourselves. If we're not obediently following Jesus, then maybe our professed love for him is a little sentimental. We can fool ourselves and others with emotional and sentimental declarations of our love for Jesus, but we can't fool him. He knows the truth. Okay, so remember the rich young ruler. I refer to, well, we read about him in Matthew 19. And you can turn there if you like um, uh, to have the reference in front of you. Um, but we're going we're, we're gonna to walk through that uh, this morning. Um, so we read about him in Matthew 19. And I reference him a lot because his encounter with Jesus is so powerful. And there's so much that we can learn uh, from this. So this young man wanted to know what good thing he had to do to enter heaven, to inherit eternal life. Much of the world still thinks like this. Um, they think that they have to do something to enter into heaven. And if they do it enough, they'll be good. They'll enter, they'll make it. We hear this all the time in Honduras, okay? Funny thing, though, is that nobody I've ever asked has been able to tell me how much is enough. Okay? So Jesus said to the man, keep the commandments. Uh, to which the man replied, which ones? So Jesus went along with him uh, on that and cited a few of the commandments. And Jesus specifically cited the ones regarding our relationship with others. And the man confidently said, well, I've obeyed those since I was a boy. He thought he was good. So something, uh, the, the commandments 
thinking about the commandments. The commandments are not laid out before us like a buffet line where we can take as much or as little as we want. We don't have the right to pick and choose which commandments that we obey and then congratulate ourselves on our selective obedience. Jesus was clear. When he says keep the commandments, Jesus means keep all the commandments. But there's a problem, right? No matter how hard I try, I can't perfectly keep all the commandments all the time. I don't know about you guys, I can't do it, okay? But Jesus knows that. And at this point, all I can say is thank God for grace, amen? So perfection is not possible, but what's your disposition? Are you inclined towards keeping Jesus' commandments? Are you striving to keep Jesus' commandments? Or are you looking for some wiggle room, like this young man was? Well, which ones? So um, back to the story. Jesus only mentioned a few of the commandments, as I mentioned, and the ones dealing with our relationships with others. The man was confident. At that moment, he thought, man, I got it made. I'm in. So Jesus had the man right where he wanted him, okay? And then Jesus delivered the knockout punch. What did Jesus say to the young man? Sell all your possessions and follow me. This action would signify that the man was a true follower of God. As it turns out, the young man was only a follower by his words, and his actions proved what Jesus already knew. We know how it ends. The Bible says the young man went away sad because he could not do what Jesus asked of him in that moment. Um, I often wonder about this man. What happened to him? Did he ever find the narrow path? I don't know. You know, will I get to see him in heaven and get to talk to him in heaven and find out the rest of the story? I don't know. I'll find out soon enough, I guess. But here's the bottom line. Following Jesus is not easy. He never said it would be, by the way. Following Jesus is not easy. It will cost you something. Luke chapter 9, when Jesus was with the disciples, he told them, If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. All right, let's turn to Matthew chapter 8. I say turn. I know a lot of you have telephones and you punch it up, and that works too. So turn in your Bible, punch it up on your phone, whatever all the cool kids do. I still like to turn the Bible pages, but that's just me. Matthew chapter 8, we're going to be looking through verses 18 to 22. Wait a minute. Okay, so this is the first time that I'm having to do this, guys. So um, does it work with this thing? Wow, they work. Does it make me look smarter? I, I, I hear people say that glasses make you look smarter. Unfortunately, they don't make me smarter. That much I know. Um, but, um, but they make me smarter. So, or look smarter, I hope. So, throughout the scriptures, we see examples of people who said they... Okay, they, I'm starting to understand how these things work now. Because if I leave them on, I, 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 I really can't see much of anything out there. So, all right, here we go. So, I got glasses in my hand now. All right, so throughout the scriptures, we see examples of people who said they wanted to follow Jesus until they heard what it would cost them, okay? So in these verses that, uh, that we've opened up to, the scribe said to Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. 
That's a bold statement, right? I'm going to follow you wherever I go. So Jesus said, well, there's no guarantee of a place to, to, to lay down your head at the end of the day, and that was that. For this man, a comfy place to stay at the end of the day was more important to him than following Jesus. We go on a little further, and we read about, about um, man, that's incredible how well these things work. So then we read about one who said he had to bury his father before following Jesus. Seems like a reasonable request to us. Okay, Jesus, my dad just died, so let me go dig the hole. I got my shovel, and I'm not praying. I got the shovel, and I'm not going to lean on it. I'm going to dig the hole, and I'm going to bury my father, and then I'll be ready to come with you. Well, a little bit of studying and a little bit of reading, it seems that that wasn't exactly the case. Um, it seems that, according to many, his uh, other scholars and commentators and other people a lot smarter than me, whether they had glasses or not, I have no idea, but they're definitely smarter than me, um, say that, that the man's father hadn't died yet. The man didn't want to leave his father because he would lose his inheritance. Okay, I can't say exactly for sure whether or not that was the, the, the circumstances around it, but the bottom line was the man was unwilling to leave his family to follow Jesus. So for one man, it was his material wealth. For another man, it was a lack of a comfortable place to stay. For another, it was because he couldn't leave his family behind. So what about you? Is there something holding you back? Is there something keeping you from picking up your cross and following Jesus? Is there something you perceive to be more valuable than following Jesus? Following Jesus is not easy. We've already said that, but we're going to keep saying it a few more times. It's not easy. It will cost you something. It will require you to make changes. Following Jesus will require you to give up some things. Anybody who tells you differently is badly mistaken. It will cost you something. So let's say again, following Jesus is not easy. You will be misunderstood. You will be rejected. You will be lonely at times. You will lose some friendships. You'll start to feel like you don't fit into this world quite so well as you did before. You may even have to give up your life for the cause of Christ. We don't talk about that much here in the U.S. or think about it much here, but that price is being paid all around the world by multitudes of believers. So is it worth it? Leave it to Peter. He was never afraid to say what was on his mind. In Matthew 19, after the encounter with the rich young ruler, Peter basically says to Jesus, probably more respectfully than my, than my paraphrase, but Peter basically says to Jesus, hey, what about us? We left our family and our friends behind. What do we get out of the deal? What did Jesus say? Jesus said, those who leave family and homes behind will receive much, much more, both here in this life and in the life to come. Some translations say a hundred times more will be, be received. And Jesus said that they would inherit eternal life. I think it's worth it, don't you? But let's make sure we're clear on a couple things before we continue on. First, should we only obey Jesus in order to get rewards? Of course not. The Bible teaches that our obedience is the natural outflow of our love for Jesus. Jesus never hesitates to speak about how difficult it will be to follow him, so it seems good to me that Jesus does assure us that our obedience will be rewarded. But our obedience always flows out from our love that we have for Jesus, for what he did for us. The second thing that I want to make sure that we're careful to understand is that Jesus was not teaching a works-based salvation in this passage. 
Eternal life would not be inherited by the disciples or anybody else because of what they did. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 10 that if you believe with your heart, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Other scriptures call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Paul wrote in Ephesians 2, we are saved by grace through faith, not as a result of our works. The good works that we do are evidence of our salvation. They are not the means to earning our salvation. So I think the point of the, of, of the passage that, we started, that we've been looking at in Matthew 19 is it is only the true follower of Jesus who is willing to do what the disciples did. Okay? It wasn't their doing that brought salvation. Salvation is only and always based on what Jesus did on the cross for us. It is never based on anything that we do. Amen. Okay? The works that we do in Jesus' name and for his glory are proof of our salvation. Okay? The proof of our salvation is a life surrendered to Jesus. Only the true believer will risk it all to follow Jesus, no matter the cost, like the disciples did and like many others have done through all the ages. Okay, let's, I'm going to read Mark chapter 8, verses 35 to 38. Mark chapter 8. Verses 35 through 38. These will be familiar verses to to, uh, many of us, I'm sure. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So we only find true life when we are willing to take up our cross and follow Jesus. When we're willing to surrender our lives to him, to offer ourselves up as living sacrifices, as Paul wrote in Romans. And, if required, to even give up our life for the cause of Christ. Jesus said in John 10, 27, that his sheep listen to his voice, that he knows his sheep, and his sheep do what? They follow him. Um, We're going to do something a little bit different. Dallas talked about um, uh, being careful to not be in routines, and obviously the fact that I'm standing up here this morning is different, and we're going to continue the different. So we're going to do something a little bit different now. Um, We're going to play a song. We're not going to sing along with it. Um, We're just going to stay in our seats. There's um, no video. There's no captions. There's nothing to read. Um, We're just going to listen to a song. And I just want to ask all of us to reflect and listen to the song and let God speak to us through the words and through the music that we're about to hear. applauded them So they knew from the start this road would not lead to fame 
All they really knew for sure was Jesus had called to them. He said, come follow me, and they came. With reckless abandon, they came. Empty nets lying there at the water's edge. story that few could believe and none could explain how some crazy fishermen agreed to go where Jesus led with no thought for what they would gain for Jesus had called them by name and they Turning back, for the water cannot heal the flow. Once we hear the Savior's call, we'll follow wherever He leads, because of the love He has shown, and because He has called us to go.
in July while we were hosting um, uh, short-term mission teams, I was um, bouncing down the road in my truck. Those of you who have been there understand exactly what that means. Um, I had dropped off some team members at one location, and, and I was on my way to, um, to another location, just by myself in the truck, bouncing up and down the road. And um, the, the Holy Spirit brought that song back to my attention, first time in years that I had thought about that song. Um, and I just, I haven't been able to shake it um, since, since that happened. So I, I hope that, uh, that the Lord spoke uh, through, through that song to all of you, that he's, he's touched and stirred your hearts and your minds and your spirits um, as, as much as he has mine um, since then. Um, those of us who claim the name of Jesus all have the same call. Go make disciples of all the nations. How we go about doing that may be worked out very differently. Everybody will not go and do what Gene and I did, okay? But we all have that call to make disciples of all the nations. It wasn't a suggestion. Excuse me. It wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't something Jesus just tossed out there for our consideration. It is a command of Jesus to go and make disciples of all the nations. Every day we live here on earth, we're a day closer to our physical death. Right now, some of us are closer than others, um, but uh, we truly don't know that. I could drop dead the next moment, and the 90-year-old can live for another 10 years. We have no idea. God knows, and his plan is perfect in either case. It is said that if you are not ready to die, you are not ready to live, and I believe that to be so. If our primary focus is on the comfort of this life, how can we possibly be preparing for the next life? If this life is what matters most, how is it possible to step out in faith and risk it all to follow God? I say to you that it isn't. This life is over in an instant. The next life is forever. Sometimes I hear people who, who claim to uh, be followers of Jesus, who I know are followers of Jesus, they'll say something like, we'll be talking about life and death, maybe you're on a birthday or something, and somebody will say, well, it's better than the alternative. No, it isn't. For the Christian, it is not better than the alternative, okay? We've got to stop living as if this life is the best option that God has given us, like it's the best option possible. It is not. The alternative for the Christian is so much better than we can possibly imagine. The alternative is the life that God had planned for us since before the foundation of the world, okay? For those who die with Christ, the end of this life brings us immediately into the presence of of God. It brings us immediately into a place of pure love, joy, and peace beyond anything that we can possibly imagine. But, like Charles Stanley used to say, if you are not a believer, then none of this applies to you. I love memes. You guys know what a meme is? A meme is a, it's a, it's the perfect combination of just a few words with a graphic that makes a profound point in one panel. So we're going to put a meme up on the board here. Let you guys read that. How's that for a wake-up call? I'm pretty sure that's not what the guy had in mind when he placed the call down to the front desk. Okay? But that is a wake-up call. All right? It is a hard truth that the world does not like, that the world desperately needs to hear. So consider this, for those without Christ, this life is as good as it gets. 
If you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this is as good as it gets. Okay? Look around. Yeah, it's true that even in this sin-corrupted version of the, of the world that we have, that we live in, that God allows us to see and experience some beauty, but look around at what's going on in the world right now. It's not hard to see that things aren't going very well, are they? So, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, are you satisfied that this is as good as it gets? You can live this life and even enjoy it without knowing Jesus, okay? The reason for that is that because Jesus still, we are still receiving, whether we know Jesus or not as our Lord and Savior, in this world, we still receive some benefits of the presence of the Holy Spirit and Jesus in this world. So even though you don't know him, even though perhaps you've rejected him to this point in your life, he still loves you, and he loves you so much that he allows you to, to receive good things in this life. So you can, think that you, you can think that you don't need Jesus. You can live your life without Jesus if you like. That's your choice to make. However, know that if you choose to die without Christ, you will receive the wages of death. Just like the verse in Romans, just like we saw on the screen a minute ago. You will receive the wages of death, and that's eternal death, okay? But eternal death is still life, okay? It's just life separated from the presence of God. It's, <clears throat> and what will happen is, if you die without accepting Jesus as your, your Lord and Savior, you're going to learn another hard truth when it's going to be too late to do anything about it, okay? And you're going to realize what eternal death is. You're going to realize that it's actually a life completely separated from God, which is what hell is. And it will be a horror beyond anything you can possibly imagine. God loved the world. God loved you so much that he sent Jesus here to take your place on the cross. The cross is where I deserve to go. The cross is where each one of you sitting out here or if you're listening is where you deserve to go. God sent his son to go to the cross for you and me. Okay? Jesus paid our sin debt for us when he suffered and died on that cross. He did that because he loves you, because he wishes that none would perish. He then rose from the grave, conquering death, and making the way possible for us to receive the free gift of eternal life and salvation that he offers to everyone. So, you will live eternally in one place or another, either in heaven with Jesus or in a place of torment called hell, a place that's not too popular to talk about today, but it's real. So, um, so we're going to talk about it anyway. Hell is the place where those, as we've said, who reject Jesus will go to spend eternity alone, completely without the presence of God, in constant pain, misery, and suffering. Um, on that happy note, I'm going to call the praise team to come up here as we, as we um, work towards wrapping it up. So while they're coming up here to get ready... The alternative to that, you can choose to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can choose to do that today. If you do that, you will receive the free gift of salvation that is offered to everyone. And when you make this choice, you will exchange eternal punishment for eternal life. For eternal life in that place of pure joy and peace that we talked about and mentioned earlier today. And you will be in the presence of the God who created you and loved you and saved you. As if all that wasn't enough, there's more. He will transform you. He will renew your mind. He will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit who will help you live every day in the here and now for God, for the rest of your days. 
So receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior isn't just something for eternity, for after when you die. Receiving Jesus is a tremendous gift to help you live your life in obedience and to help you to be able to follow Jesus Christ wherever he calls you. So today is the day of salvation. It's up to you. The Bible says do not harden your hearts. Today is the day of salvation. If you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to make that choice and make the right choice because your eternal destination depends on it. Um, maybe you need to join the church. Today would be a good day to do that. This is an incredible church. You won't have to look and listen to me. Um, uh, every Sunday morning, there's a pastor here who, who faithfully teaches and preaches uh, the whole gospel. Um, so if you need to join the church, that also is a commandment of, of, of Jesus to fellowship together with believers. Today is your day. You'll have the opportunity to do that. And if you know that you are saved, and if you know that you've received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then the opportunity before you today is to take stock of your life. Are you obeying Jesus? Have you said yes, you'll follow him in words and actions? If perhaps your actions maybe aren't matching up with your words quite so much, I would like to invite you to humble yourself uh, today before Jesus. He will restore you. He restored Peter's service. He will restore you and enable you to be able to obey him and to follow him. Um, I'd like to pray real briefly and then turn the service over. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word uh, that you have written and preserved for us, for our benefit. Lord, I thank you for Jesus.